Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for being good to us today. Thank you for your presence and all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, we ask you for direction today. Speak to our hearts. Answer questions. Give us understanding. Truth that makes us free. Lord, may each person have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts open and receptive to all that you would do and say. We give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as most of you know, we're in a series called Getting Control of Your Life, all right? And so many people are living out of control lives these days, and, and many of us as well have different areas and different um, aspects of our lives that are not fully in control like they ought to be, and so we're not able to serve the Lord effectively and fully like we desire to, like we'd want to. I really believe that a lot of people who are out of control in different areas of their life don't want to be. I mean, they're not purposely being, uh, haven't set out to be rebellious towards the Lord. They haven't, they, didn't, they don't wake up each morning and say, I'm going to just ruin my life today and hopefully take a few others out with me. Uh, make some other people miserable on the way uh, no but they just really don't have the tools they haven't they don't have the understanding the know-how of what to do to get control of their lives whether it's sometimes people have addictions that they, they are just running them sometimes it's just immaturity it's an emotional immaturity that is running their life and they haven't known how to how to overcome that and um, they haven't been exposed to the right and particular truths that make a difference in that area but thank god the word has all the answers the word of god is the solution it has the solutions for everything we go through though the bible was uh written you know thousands of years ago how many know it's god's eternal truth and it's relevant for today society changes and cultures change and predominant thoughts change but the word is still the same and it'll still work today in boise just like it'll work thousand years ago in Europe or somewhere else. You know what I'm talking about? The word is everlasting and it's eternal. Just because someone has a need doesn't guarantee that that need's going to be met. We need to understand how the Lord deals with us. And he's not just moved by, well, if he knows of something that's wrong, he automatically moves in to fix it. We can see that just by looking around. No matter what your theology is, look around okay look around the world that's not how God works but how many know those who call upon him in faith get a response from him but we need to have the know-how the understanding um, of how these these things work and many have turned to the church they've gone uh, well at least to church buildings and they've sought uh, answers they've sought solutions and help and have come away empty and I'm gonna know just because it says church on it doesn't mean there are answers there doesn't mean the spirit of god is involved in that place and, and we've got to be discerning uh you know uh, I, I was i was asked uh, not too long ago to minister and to speak at a certain church uh quite different than ours but in the realms of most people's understanding we would say yeah that's a christian church but this person had a little bit more knowledge they were on the same page as me and but they said to me by the way our church is not a bible believing church and i thought well it's interesting that you tell me that <laughs> i was kind of surprised that you know they know the difference and yet still go there i would venture to say that probably a number of people in the church would consider it bible believing hmm but we've got to be more discerning to recognize when the Word of God is being preached and, and taught and spoken with power and anointing and when it's just a bunch of religious stuff. Because how many know even the word Christian can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people? Christian to one person means, I've been saved. I've been born again. My sins have been washed away. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Christian to another person means I'm a member of this particular denomination. Christian to another person says, I believe in Jesus. Well, is the devil a Christian? The devil's not a Christian, but he believes in Jesus. Huh? How many know it's not? There, there's some other, there's some greater understanding that's needed. All right. And when it comes to getting control of our lives, uh, there are answers from the Word of God. And uh, in this series, 
most of you know now, where we're covering two main elements to getting control of our lives. And the first one that we spent four weeks talking about is the mind. And it is getting control of our thoughts. And we said this over and over, that if you'll control your mind, you'll control your life. And then last week, we began sharing with you the second key to this uh, problem of an out-of-control life, and that is the mouth, all right? And if we put these together, we understand that if we get control of our mind and get control of our mouth, then we'll have control of our lives. And these are two very, very, very big subjects in the Bible. There are many, many scriptures, more than I've had time at this point to, to, to deal with. But we want to continue today talking a little bit more about your big fat mouth. <laughs> Amen? And so uh, you know it's gotten you into trouble, <laughs> and mine has gotten me into trouble, and we need to deal with it appropriately. Understand now the tremendous power that God has invested in your mouth. James chapter 3 and verse 2. Remember, we read the whole context here last week, but now just focus in on verse 2. It says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, a complete man, a mature man. He's, and it goes on to say, Able also to bridle his whole body. So if a person can get control of their mouth, control the words that they speak, they'll control their whole body. Is that real clear? That's real simple. That's a basic truth that has been overlooked many times. The opposite is also true. If a person stumbles in word, then they will not be able to control their whole body. In other words, they will be out of control. They will have an out-of-control life. We're not going to leave our mouth out of the equation of having a controlled life. Say, but I'm thinking right. I'm just meditating and thinking right. These two things work together. What you think will come out your mouth. And what comes out your mouth will get in your thinking. And so both of these put together will help you to have control of every area of your life. And you can control your entire body. Now much of the time, this subject is taught with the external in mind. We, we can talk about and have and will. Uh, it, it very powerful about, about how uh, you can speak to the mountain. Jesus taught that. And you can, you can move mountains with faith-filled words. And we talk about um, how, how our words control external circumstances. And they can change things around us. No doubt. And that's a truth. And that's a powerful truth. But what we're focusing on right now is this truth, that our words affect us on the inside. Not only do they affect circumstances around us, but if I want control of my own life, I've got to have control of my mouth and control the words that I speak. Now I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 18 with me. Proverbs chapter 18. You, you'll recall we, we, we read this verse last time. If it's not highlighted yet, I'm giving you a second chance. Last chance though. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The two very most extremes in all of existence, being life and death, are controlled by a very small thing called your tongue. And if I don't have control of my tongue, it's going to gravitate towards death. We live in a sin-filled world. We live where there's death all around. And unless I purposefully make sure that I'm speaking words of life, I will find myself drifting towards words of death. Okay? For some reason, things get dirtier, easier than they get clean. Know what I'm talking about? That's the world in which we live. Amen? I, I remember hearing a story one time about a person who had an, had a, had an experience, a vision of heaven. And in heaven, they ate some fruit. And when they ate this fruit, they said it was just amazing, the flavor and the taste. They ate this fruit, and it was juicy. They said it dripped. It was just like it, they ate it, and it just went in their mouth, and it dripped all down the front of them. And they immediately thought, ah, oh, I'm going to have to get cleaned up. And they looked down, and there wasn't anything there. And they said, 
you know, things just don't get dirty here. They spill something, it just goes away, goes into the air. Just, I don't know how that works. I don't understand the physics of heaven. But I thought, that's nice. But in the meantime, use a napkin <laughs> uh, <laughs> while we're here. But for some reason, things get worse. And our mouths, unless they're trained correctly, they need some instruction in speaking words of life. Because what comes out of my mouth is either going to add life to my life or it's going to add death to my life. And many times the things that people are experiencing today, the death, the trouble, the struggle that they face, is a result of not recognizing the power of the weapon that they've been given. The tool of words that God has placed in their control, and they've been letting negativity and doubt and unbelief and, and all kinds of junk spew out of their mouth, and it's been getting all over their life. Amen. But we can change that. Yay, good news. Things can change, and we can train our mouths to speak correctly. Just like, you know, just, just, just like a baby. I mean, you know, a, a brand new child, they come out, guy, guy, goo, goo, and, saying, and they, they don't know how to speak. They don't know how to articulate things. They have to be trained to speak. How I many know when you get saved, there are some comparisons spiritually to a person being a baby? And how many know when you get saved, you have to relearn now how to speak? And if you've never been taught how to speak after you have received the Lord, you could be speaking like gaga goo goo or, you know, because we're growing up, it's a little bit worse. <laughs> still speaking the way of the world, still talking the language of death and destruction and of complaint and, and, and unbelief. And we have to be reschooled to train our mouths to speak right, to speak the language of heaven, to speak the language of the kingdom. And it's life, and it's victory, and it's strength, and it's joy, and it's peace, and it's health. Amen. Prosperity on every side. I want you to look at Proverbs uh, chapter 11 with me. Chapter 11. Again, we're, we're, we're focusing for the most part right now on how our words affect us. All right? But in this, I'm using illustration now of how words affect others. So we can see that it has the same impact because I think we understand that uh, more naturally. Um, Proverbs 11 and verse 13. It says, A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. Now listen to the two types of people. We've got the talebearer. What do they do? They reveal secrets. In other words, they talk about stuff that they're not supposed to. They take something that was supposed to be private and concealed and they can't keep their mouth closed. They've got to tell someone. A faithful person is one who conceals a matter. They're able to handle the knowledge of certain people in certain situations and not tell anyone. Hmm. If you have a hard time, difficult time keeping your mouth closed if someone tells you something in secret, in private, then you are not a faithful person according to this, right? A faithful person knows how to keep their mouth closed. And, and most of us know many, many problems. Relationships are destroyed. Many, people get, lose jobs and at fights begin because people can't keep a lid on it. They can't keep their mouth closed. And uh, many times people will, someone will share something or they'll become aware of knowledge of another person and sometimes it's of a negative nature and they can't keep their mouth closed. And that, that starts all kinds of fires, all kinds of problems. How I many know a faithful person is a person you can trust? Hmm? They're a person you can trust. You can't trust someone who doesn't know how to keep their mouth closed. And, 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 you know, also the, the, the Lord works that way. The Lord doesn't, do you know the Lord doesn't trust everybody? Do you know why? Because <laughs> He knows everybody. Oh, you should just trust me. Whatever. How I many know you can love someone and not trust them? Hmm. Now, it's not a compliment, but it's the fact. Trust can only be established when someone is honest 100% of the time. You know, if a person lies once in a while, I mean, just once in a while, they are totally untrustworthy. Uh, how many know if a person, if a person 
lies just about small things. You know, not important stuff, just small that you can never trust them, ever, ever. Only, per, only people you can trust are people who tell the truth 100% of the time. Do you know why? Because you never know when that person considers it one of those acceptable times or one of those small things. You never know when, when that's going to come up. Amen. <laughs> if you want the Lord to use you, say, I want to have word of knowledge and word of wisdom and discerning of spirits, move in the revelation gifts and, and know things so I can help people. Well, that might be a good desire, but can the Lord trust you? If the Lord gave you an outstanding revelation concerning another person to help them, could you tell that person and that person only and never share it with anybody else? The problem with some is that's not the case. They would start telling everyone else about their revelation. You know what the Lord spoke to me about so-and-so? The Lord dealt with, told me about so-and-so, and they start spreading it to everybody else. That's being unfaithful. Huh? There are some things the Lord means for us to share widely. And there are some things he doesn't mean for us to share at all. But the person that doesn't have uh, control of their mouth, they're not a faithful person. They are called a tail-bearer. Tail-bearer. Look at the 16th chapter. Tail-bearer reveals secrets. This is common in our society now. Look at, look at this verse, verse 27, chapter 16. It says, an ungodly man digs up evil. Now, let me just, don't pick it up off the surface. They're digging for it. They are looking for evil. What do you mean? They're looking for, for evil in other people's lives. They're looking for someone else to fall. If they see you, they want to dig in your past and find out something that you did wrong so they can bring it up to the surface so everyone else can see it and they can be the one who uh, broke the story. Are you listening? This, this is common in our society, you know, with all the tabloids and, and, and all the things going There are a whole lot of people that that's their job for a living, dig up dirt on other people. Find out what somebody else did wrong. Find out their failures, their faults, their shortcomings, and expose them. That is so anti-God. That is so anti-Christian. We, we need to understand that the love of God does not work that way. What does love do? It covers a multitude of sins. You know, I like to uh, be aware of, I'm in the habit of, uh, on my computer, when I, you know, get on the internet, my home page is a news page, basically. And everything on there, I've got the main headlines, um, and I just kind of scan. Sometimes I'll read an article. Uh, a lot of times I just kind of scan and see what's going on, okay? And it's in categories, um, you got the main top stories, then you got like business news, and then sports news, and on the bottom on the screen I use is entertainment news. All right, watch out for that one, because sometimes I just want to roll my eyes when I when I get down to the entertainments. And I'm not saying that it's all bad. It's not, but a lot of times I look at those headlines and I think, whatever, who gives a rip? And I'm not, listen, I'm not anti-entertainment or anti-TV or movies or something, anything like that. But a lot of it is simply digging up evil. And I'm looking at the headlines, hearing about how so-and-so went out with so-and-so, and this person divorced this person, and this person beat their kid, and, you know, and whatever. You know, all kinds of stuff going on that is just evil, and someone dug it up and made a buck for it. But here's the other side to that someone's buying it someone's clicking someone's buying it at the grocery store otherwise there wouldn't be a market for this but people are interested and I tell you what it's evil people and it's the flesh even of good people that is interested in delving into that world and knowing the, the, the next thing that Lindsay did they want to know about Brittany's rehab you know, and there's just, and, and, and finding out the next bad thing that somebody else did. You know, I'm not so sure that's healthy for our spirit and our soul. And that, that that agrees with the Spirit of God. That someone makes a living on digging up someone else's dirt. What happens after they do that? 
and it is on his lips like a burning fire. What's the goal here? Man, to get us speaking, or I like to say spewing, a bunch of darkness and a bunch of death-filled words. Verse 28 says, a perverse man sows strife. What does he do? Tries to get people to argue. Tries to put people at odds with each other. Tries to bring division. Tries, tries to bring uh, strife into relationships. And a whisperer, now that word whisperer, that's the same Hebrew word as talebearer. A talebearer or a whisperer separates the best of friends. People who don't keep control of their words, they have a lot of trouble with relationships because they're always saying things that divide saying things that hurt and harm in other people. What kind, what kind of words are those? Those are simply called words of death. Words of destruction. Words of division. Okay, look at the 18th chapter. Chapter 18 and verse 8. It says, The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. Tasty tri-. They're like these little dainty morsels, as some translations say. They're like those, they're like those butter mints at the wedding. Aren't those good? Those are nice, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tasty trifles. Mmm. And they just go right on in. The words of a talebearer, a whisperer, or what this means, it's a slanderer. The, the, the Hebrew word there means to roll to pieces. When people are being destroyed, when people's dirt is being brought up, those type of words are like tasty trifles. They look so good. The flesh is stirred up and says, tell me more. I want to hear this. What happened? What, really? And the flesh loves to talk about that stuff, loves to be the bearer of shocking news, loves to be the first one to reveal what really happened. Well, I was there. I know what really happened. But watch out. We're becoming a mouthpiece for the devil. And when we allow, allow words of death to come out of our do we think it matters? I'm telling you, the Lord revealed to us very clear in no uncertain terms that life and death are controlled by our tongue. And if we're letting the wrong things come out, we ought not be so ignorant to think it doesn't really matter. I'm not hurting anyone. If death is coming out of my mouth, I'm hurting at least one person. Me. That's if I'm all alone in the room. And if others are, then I'm putting death into them. I'm putting words of darkness and words of death. And they sound interesting, but I'm rolling them to pieces. I'm ripping them apart with those type of words. What we say to bring death to another person, how many know those things will kick back on us? called sowing and reaping. Jesus in Matthew 26 talked about a person taking a sword that's going to be they'll die by the sword. And when a person spews words of death they end up dying by those very same words. It brings destruction. Now how many know when we're talking about money? Works in your mind, works in your relationships, works in your finances, works in your emotions, works in every different area and then finally kills you. But it's something that creeps up on people as their mouth is filled with death. Now, just as it is unwise to continually put others down, even jokingly or even, uh, uh, in a, you know, you're not in a serious way. Likewise, it's foolish to do that same thing to yourself. Even jokingly to put yourself down. I remember when I was a when I was a, a teenager, friends and I would have what we called burn fights. And we weren't playing with matches, but it was, I mean, it was literally done in jest, and no one was seriously trying to separate friends or anything like that, but everyone would joust each other, joust with each other, and burn each other with their words. In other words, I would criticize you, and then it was your responsibility then to be witty enough to knock me down further. And it, would, this, it was just constant. It's the way that 
people talk to each other and we just rip each other apart and then laugh and and uh, uh, you know I just really don't once I grew and understood the power of this I really didn't like that I didn't like that I used to do that I don't, don't do that anymore and uh, 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 one thing people don't know is that when we would joust with one person and put them down and call them a bad person or something uh, that we didn't know that sometimes that very same person grew up hearing that every day of their life and what we said jokingly not really intending to hurt them sometimes it really hurt them sometimes it stirred up what they'd been thinking about themselves already they already believed they were good for nothing and then all their friends jumped on it and they laughed on the outside <laughs> and jousted back but then walked away thinking <clears throat> and it impacts see this is the way God created us he created the worlds with words created us spoke us into existence everything he does and now he put that same power within us and many are using it unwisely they're using it to bring destruction instead of life but we, we can really turn lives around when we recognize this power all right. Now your words greatly impact the lives of others. But how much more now will they impact you? You can resist what other people say to you. If you're secure and you're mature, you can resist negative words from other people. But what about when you say negative things to yourself? Who's there to resist it? I would encourage you not to ever use your mouth as a weapon against somebody else to harm or bring ill will to someone else's life but also don't ever use your mouth against yourself and this is where some haven't recognized it they think well I'm not hurting anyone I'm not doing any damage to anybody I'm not putting anybody else down but your words are very much impacting your own life and if you say things that you don't want you're speaking out things that you don't really want to happen in your life they're getting in there don't call yourself stupid don't call yourself an idiot, let alone somebody else. Don't call yourself, uh, you know, some, basically anything you don't want. I know sometimes when you talk about this, you get into the area of, of figures of speech. You know, a phrase that says one thing but means another. And I'm okay with, with a figure of speech. I think, I mean, I can actually, I could take you to the Word of God and show you figures of speech. Paul said, for example, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Now, he didn't literally have a thorn in his flesh. Otherwise, he wouldn't pray to get it removed. Yeah. Right? What do you do if you have a thorn in the flesh? You pull it out. <laughs> so he didn't mean he literally had a thorn in the flesh. And I don't mean, and I don't think by him saying that, that he was more prone to step on stickers after that. Okay? There are figures of speech. You know, I knew a guy, still know the guy. Uh, who one of his common phrases he would use uh, was give me a break he said ah give me a break and uh, and then at one point he broke his finger and there was this other person that I knew that jumped all over that and they said see you've been saying you've been saying give me a break and now it happened to you I thought whatever I mean, no, give me a break can mean more than one thing. <laughs> he wasn't regularly spewing that he's going to break his bones. I cracked right there. Uh, but he's just talking, you know, give me a minute. Give me a coffee break. You know, <laughs> give me relief <laughs> from whatever he was discussing. Okay. But at the same time now, uh, I think it's very important to watch the phrases that we use over and over to see what is really contained in them. And I don't think that's an example of it right there. I think that's fine. But people say things repeatedly through their life that are negative, that are really filled with death. And that's what we must be aware of. Uh, I really, you know, I like to joke around and I'll say things that I'm not serious about a lot and, and, and have a lot of fun with things. But in the middle of it, I am very watchful of my words. I'm not going to joke around about myself and be speaking death or sickness or lack or depression or anything about myself nor somebody else. Okay? Have fun. 
laugh, laugh it up, joke around. But remember, you're holding a weapon at the same time. And your words, if you want them to be powerful when you need them, like tonight, we're going to have a healing meeting. And I'm going to speak to sickness and disease. And I'm going to curse it and command it to go. And my words are going to mean something. They're going to pow. They're going to hit that stuff right in the nose and knock it out of people's bodies. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. But I can't have that if I don't watch the words that I speak. If everything is flippant, if everything doesn't mean anything, and then all of a sudden I need them to be powerful and effective, it won't be there. All right. You know, I just don't like to say, I'm I'm speaking for myself here. Uh, I'm not about to become a confession monitor and uh, and just judge everything that everybody else says and come down on them if I don't think it's life-giving. But I don't like to say things like, um, like, you know, (laughs) that just kills me. No, I just, I don't use phrases like that because I don't want to die. Now, I'm not saying if someone says that once that they're instantly going to die. No, I'm talking about lifestyle and giving value to the words that we have. You know, I I don't, uh, help me out here. I don't love people to death. I just love them to death. No, I don't. I don't like to use the word death so flippantly like that. Yeah, things don't just make me sick. Ah, that just makes me sick. Makes me healthy. (laughs) Nothing makes me sick. Not even a disease or a germ. Nothing makes me sick. That's my belief. That's what I put my faith in. That God's protection is there for my physical body. And if I believe that by His stripes I am healed... I can walk in strength and health and victory. Why would I let death come out of my mouth? When that's the primary tool that would determine what would come to me. Life or death. Life or death. I'm controlling it. So why would I flippantly just say stuff like that? You know. Some people have a problem with cussing. Some people have a problem with speaking words of death. You know. They're not going to use a four letter word. But they'll say I can't afford it all day long. I just can't afford that. Oh, is he going to take a vacation this year? Oh, no, we can't afford that. You still need to stop cussing. Where'd you you learn to talk like that? I'm telling you, your father in heaven didn't teach that to you. He he, He taught you that he would meet your every need. He taught you that the Lord is your shepherd and you would not want. He would fulfill your heart's desire. He didn't teach you, you can't afford it. Say, but I can't. Just don't make that a regular part of your language. Because saying that, and some people, they say things more than they realize. Like we talked about last week, write down everything you eat. (laughs) Write down everything you say. I know that's not really possible. But there are a whole lot of people that are struggling, suffering in all kinds of areas. They don't realize how much those things come out of their mouth. That they're spewing that stuff day in and day out. I've been doing it for years. And uh, you might want to try something different. If it's not really working, you might want to say something else other than that. All right? And even watch. You know, again, say I, when I say I love someone to death, I don't really mean that I want them to die. I know that. I know that that's not the intention. I'm just saying how much, uh, how much value do we put on every word that comes out of our mouth where we say things that we mean. And so when we want something... We see it in God's Word. We speak it, and we realize it's carrying heavy weight in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. If you don't want it, don't say it. If you don't want your life to be that way, don't say it about yourself. I'm not. Let me back up again. I've got to clarify because people get weird with this stuff. I'm not talking about someone who putting their head in the sand and won't acknowledge a problem. You know, we, you know, when we have a healing meeting, someone comes uh, to be healed, and if we say, so what's wrong with you? What's the problem? And they won't tell you. <laughs> because they heard. Man, that's powerful stuff coming. I can't let it come out of my mouth, because if I say it, I'm going to have it. You already have it. <laughs> it's okay to say it. If, you know, if someone were to go to the doctor and he say, how can I help you? Nothing. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell the guy <laughs> what's wrong with you. Not talking about being a fool with this kind of stuff. Talking about habitually speaking words of death to ourselves, to other people. Listen, every time you have a pain or have a trouble, you don't have to talk about it. People need to learn to speak solutions and answers and promises and victory instead of what's wrong and what hurts and what's not there and what doesn't work. But every time I get, if I get a pain, ah, I don't have to say, ah, oh, there goes my elbow again. Cause, oh, that flaring up my elbow. Then you see someone else. How's it going? Good, except for my elbow. Then you run into some other people. How's it going today? Well, <laughs> my elbow's been hurting me. <laughs> and then other people, you know, you know, you don't want to bring it up and just be negative. So you get in a conversation, you start going like this. What's wrong? Well, since you asked, my elbow. <laughs> my elbow's been giving me a lot of trouble lately, and, and I don't just know what I'm going to do. And, and people say it probably hundreds of times without even realize what they're saying. What are they doing? They're speaking death to their... You know your elbow has an ear? Our, go back to James. If you don't stumble in word, you control your whole body. Elbow's part of the body. If I'm reinforcing what I feel, I'm giving it a right to exist in my life. And when I say, by His stripes I'm healed, or I speak some word from, uh, promise from God, I am denying, I'm not ignoring a problem, I'm denying its right to stay in my body. And that, as a Christian, this gets into the authority of the believer. You have been authorized by God to allow or to deny certain things to exist in your life. And many people live passively. They just accept and acknowledge and let it come out of their mouth and it becomes a regular part of their conversation. Death and destruction, gloom and despair and things that are wrong. Counteract every pain with a word from God. Counteract every, every, bit, every bit of lack and want in your life with a promise from God that says, I'm coming out and I'm coming through and God is providing my every need. Amen. That's what we do. This is the power God has given us. He's put with, right under your nose. There it is. It can change things. Did I t tell you 2 Corinthians 5? Go there fast. Time is short. Lord's coming back. We've got to finish this message. If he interrupts us, we'll continue up there. Although you might already know it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 says, Therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. From now on we regard no one according to the flesh. And this is, this is what we're trained to do. We react and respond to each other according to what we see, according to what we know about them, physically, their personality, their experiences. That's all we know. Paul said from now on, we don't do it that way anymore. He goes on to talk about how we've been made a new creation in Christ. That we relate to people according to the new reality of who God has made them to be. When Jesus came in, a whole lot of junk moved out. A whole lot of good stuff moved into you. You might not look in the mirror and see it, but I tell you what, God sees it every time He looks at you. He sees the wonderful, amazing things that He has placed in your life. And that's how He regards you. Paul said, we don't see anyone after the flesh anymore. We don't regard people that way. We see them who they are in Christ. And if I'm supposed to see you that way, if you're supposed to see me that way, we're also supposed to view ourselves in that light. Not to see ourselves according to what we can't do and don't have in our inabilities in the flesh. This is not supposed to be a mental effort where we're just striving to get things done. Just striving to, to, uh, to make things work for us. That's the reason too many Christians struggle year after year after year. They're still working that old way before they were saved. They're trying to willpower themselves out of situations. Just using my willpower to curb my behavior. Some get some success. But listen, here's something more powerful than your will. It's your word. And if you'll get the most powerful weapon in your being on the side of life, 
things are about to turn around. Not just willing myself to do it. I'm speaking life into my life. Speaking victory. Strength. I can do it. I can overcome. I have victory in Christ. That's who I am. Regard yourself and everyone else after the Spirit. Amen? Now, uh, I was talking with Pastor Mickey. He gave me these, uh, uh, this list of helpless core beliefs. Sounds like it come from him, huh? <laughs> and also unlovable core beliefs. All right. If uh, and I'm talking about your, your words now, because oftentimes when you have a belief, you does believing and speaking have anything to do with each other? <laughs> what you believe is what you're going to speak, and the other, the other also the other is also true. If you purposely speak, that is eventually what you will believe, because your heart's listening. All right. Imagine for a moment if you were to take some time every morning, every day at noon, and every night before bed, and you were to verbally affirm all these statements I'm about to make about yourself. Now, these are negative, by the way. But if you were to do this in concentrated form, every day. Imagine the effect it would have. Every morning you wake up and say, I'm helpless. I'm powerless. I'm out of control. I'm weak. I'm vulnerable. I'm needy. I'm trapped. I'm inadequate. I'm ineffective. I'm incompetent. I'm a failure. I'm disrespected. I'm defective. I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable. I'm unlikable. I'm undesirable. I'm unattractive. I'm unwanted. I'm uncared for. I'm bad. I'm unworthy. I'm different. I'm bound to be rejected. I am bound to be abandoned. I am bound to be alone. And you say that about yourself every morning. Take a break at lunch. Say it again. Before you go to bed, and you, say, you go ahead and say these things again. Would it impact your life? How many would be willing to do that for a month? Just, just to test this out, I mean. You're smart to say no. But I'm telling you, some of you probably recognize either things you either believe about yourself or things that probably escape your lips at times as well. Probably not in this concentrated form. But if you find yourself saying any of this stuff about yourself, where it just comes out, i got to tell you, it's hurting you. It's reinforcing that belief. And we can, even if someone says, I believe that, but I don't really say that too much, let me give you some advice. Say the opposite. Don't just try to think it, because your thoughts will override that, because they've been ingrained too long. But begin to say the opposite about yourself, because they're all, you know what, you can find scriptures for all these things. But say things like, I am powerful, I'm in control. I'm strong. My needs are met. I'm free. I, I am adequate. I'm effective. I'm competent. I'm a success. I'm respected. I'm good enough. I'm lovable, likable, desirable, attractive, wanted, cared for. I'm good. I'm worthy. I'm normal. I'm accepted. And I'll never be alone. And say things like that about yourself. Someone said, well, that could get a person in pride. Well, just realize, if that's, if that's the case, if you're starting to get full of yourself, all these things that we've been given in Christ, you've been made that way. It's no less true. It's no less true because we got it in Christ. But if you feel you're like, man, I am better than everybody else. Well, no, you're not. The Lord made you to be such. But this is true. Imagine if you were struggling with just your own image and view of yourself. If you said things like this every morning, every noonday, uh, uh, and every night for a couple months. Lift you up. Change the way that you think. Amen. Our words control where we're going. 
And we can overcome many things simply by using our words. Your mind will listen to you. Remember Psalm 103? It said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to his soul. Soul, bless the Lord. Can you tell your mind how to think? Yeah, you find it in the word. Speak it out loud. Let it come out of your mouth. You know, it's been, it's been proven. It's documented that you can kill a plant with your words. You can, you can kill a plant. I mean, may, some of you might want to do this. If you've got a plant at your house that you don't like, or a tree, maybe it's not producing very well, but it's just living, you can kill it. And kill it with your words. Say, really? How can I? Every day, just whenever you see it, just go up to that thing. Die! I curse you, you ugly thing. Maybe you have others that you like. Bless you. You will live and prosper and grow, flourish produce much fruit yeah i know people kind of laugh at people who talk to plants but listen this is a fact you can kill a plant with your words you can kill a tree jesus himself did this didn't he he didn't get a chainsaw let's take that thing down <laughs> nothing wrong with that if you want to get rid of a tree take a chainsaw jesus spoke to the fig tree and it died if this is true about plants and trees weeds if you can kill them with your words, what kind of effect does that have upon the human heart? I'm telling you, it has an effect of life or death. And what we say is going to take us up or it's going to take us down. So I'm, I'm going to just think, think myself into a victory. No, <laughs> your mind is important. Thinking positively is very important, but it's connected to speaking words of life. Avoid negative things like, I can't do it, I don't have it, I, I can't afford it, I don't know it. Hmm. I don't want to say I don't know. Now, I'm not saying in a religious strict sense where I would never say that. If you ask me a question, I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't want to go out throughout my day saying, I don't know what to do. I never know, never know what to do. I don't know what to do, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. I don't have any direction. I just don't know. Well, I'm building that consciousness in me. I'm, in, I'm instructing my heart in ignorance that it's imperceptive to the knowledge of God and spiritual direction. Don't agree with death. Amen. Praise the Lord. People oftentimes will readily say, and they'll tell you what others say about them. You know, the doctor said this to me. My parents said this to me. My wife said this to me. My friend said this. My teacher said this. Fine. But what does the Lord say? What does the Word say to you about that? And then let's add to that. What do you say to you about that circumstance and situation? Ultimately, what you say overrides what everybody says, even God. Are you listening to me? Has the Lord said anything good about you and me? It's all good. Because He doesn't regard us any longer according to the flesh. If you've been born again, He sees only goodness and righteousness and holiness every time He sees you. He regards you according to everything that is right and what he says about you and I it is good it's full of life and full of victory and full of joy on every side and if it if all that mattered were was what the Lord said about us how many know we wouldn't be having this discussion because we'd just be living the high life everything's good everything's great never a problem never a negative thought it's not about what the Lord says it's about what you say if he says something good about you and you say something bad about you, guess which one you get? We get what we say, not what he says. So the whole purpose here is we want to agree with him. We want our words 
and his words to be the same. Remember Hebrews 4.12? Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive or quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word two-edged there, that, uh, that two-edged sword, it means a two-mouthed sword in the Greek. Two-mouthed sword. That means God says it and you say it. He speaks it and we speak it. And with that kind of power, you can cut any kind of junk out of a person's life. You can cut any kind of wrong stuff out of someone's life. But we've got to agree with him. Not that the Lord says, you're righteous, you're holy, you're, you're victorious, you're more than a conqueror. And we say, I'm lame. I'm, I'm lame and in pain and don't know what to do. And I've got a dumb name. Uh, you know, <laughs> it had to rhyme. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? But people all the time, we've, we've taken liberty to come up with our own words. We've just taken liberty to say, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. But it's been taught to us by a fallen world. We've been trained in a sin-filled, fallen world how to speak. And therefore, we're miss, uh, missing out on the very life of God that is available to us if we'll agree with Him verbally. Amen. How I many know we didn't just believe unto uh, salvation but we confessed unto salvation Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 with the mouth confession is made unto 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 salvation when I got it in my mouth it happened amen isn't that powerful you get it in your mouth that's when it happens not just I think right, not just I, I have a good heart, but I have a right mouth. Amen. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. You're helping us. You're instructing us. You're giving us understanding of how we can live our lives in the important role that our words play in everything we do. Lord, we trust you now to to bring to our remembrance every word that you have spoken to us so that we come up and don't go down so we can experience more of you and not less and death and defeat those days of destruction are days of the past as we're coming up higher and moving on stronger in the life and nature of God thank you for your help you instruct us all in the way of righteousness, the way of truth. And you train us to speak. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that's due your name for doing great things in us. Father, I pray for those today who've never been born again.